It's the Xwater Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin. Joe Linehan is in San Antonio, Texas. How are you, Joe? I'm good, James. How are you doing? It's almost like we just spoke for 30 minutes, and then we were also on a joint Zoom last night. It's like, it's, I can't get rid of you. I just can't. It's impossible. So hopefully your kids enjoyed the college meeting talk. Yeah, so, so Joe schooled the, the, my, my kids from Aquatex and some Longhorn kids as well uh, about what it takes to play in college. I'm trying to find out a, figure out a good way to put that. It's like not, what, not necessarily what it takes, but what does the process look like? I think that might the be the pathway a to way. college. Pathway to college is that the name of your lecture? It's like you have one on the top of your uh, PowerPoint presentation. That's that's the name of the USA Water Polo uh, Google Slides. Oh, so. Well, you need your own, man. You guys brand your own Prezo. All good. It it's was all good. good. Very very informational, and uh, we'll get that out. If you're if you're from Aquatex, also, you get that. yeah. Also yesterday. USA Water Polo sent out their allocations for this upcoming National Junior Olympics. Okay, so that's our first topic of conversation. I'm going to take this as a coach. So I will say I was disappointed. So the allocations are for the championship bracket only. For those of you who are not terribly familiar with the way that JOs works, um, over the course of the last couple decades, they kept expanding the number of teams by creating – it used to be – gold, silver, or platinum, gold, silver, or whatever. But so then it was championship and classic and then something else. I can't remember. Invitational. Invitational. So this is just for the championships, championship level. And so the allocations uh, compared to what we're accustomed to from 2019 are much lower. So I have to say disappointing, but what is it that I'm missing, Joe? Oh, just that, I mean, it's that those are the pools that are available right now. And I believe USA Water Polo is going to be adding pools and then they'll be adding additional allocation slots for for the various age groups and genders right. kind of moving forward. But they don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Right. So this is this is just this is airing on the side of caution and making sure everybody understands this is where we're at right now. We hope to add more slots as we go. So yes, we might have had the six or seven slots for the 1800 boys before. Now we're at three three right now and that's that's going to be that's that's going to be a big deal for for some of the teams out there with a decent chance that it expands but that also obviously depends on you you know again for those who've never been out to orange county or the bay area where jos are hosted um in fact i can tell you personally because when i used to manage a pool uh in the bay area you'd get an email from i can't even remember who it was usa water polo about what is your pool available during these dates and so that's hundreds and hundreds of pools in whatever area you're in so these are law, often school pools, and they are under the jurisdiction of their counties and their school districts and so on and so forth. So they, they in California, obviously, are just more locked down than we are here. And so it's going to be addition probably week by week, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, we're hoping to get a kind of, kind of some more uh, pools here at, at some point in April and probably some more pools in May and hopefully some more pools before the NJO calls here in the Southwest yeah. zone on June 11th. That's going to be 12, 13. Whenever the registration so. is really right. Like, like our registration yeah. date for Southwest zones championships is the week and a half prior or something like that. So hopefully we'll, we'll know. It, it'll be, in, yeah, it'll be in late May. And um, for those coaches and club admins that are looking at it with some questions, we are going to have a NJO kind of like allocation call or zoom meeting this oh, yeah. upcoming uh, kind of Sunday at 5 p.m. I, I sent that information out to everybody this morning. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I will yeah. help answer any questions and also come up with any 
and he needed solutions. So yes, there are going to be challenges, but I believe that there are solutions for all the all of the various issues. Joe, here's my solution: is that whatever slots that we can't occupy in pools in California, we just play them in Texas. So that, let's just put the classic level in Texas. No. Okay. Yeah, you don't agree. Um, speaking of USA Water Polo ODP. Boy, I just found out, actually, registrations for our clinic here on uh, Sunday is actually very good. So I'm very, very pleased about that. Um, but the And so there's this clinic on Sunday. I will not be there. There's another clinic a week following in Houston at SciFair on the 18th. All good news. Those are the final two clinics of the season. Um, but what we know now is that the West Region Championships are on the calendar. And we'd been hinting at it for some time. So not only is it on the calendar, but you're hearing that there could be a, quite a few teams. Yeah, it's probably going to be about uh, like probably somewhere in the mid 40s, anywhere between 40 to 50 teams. And it's going to be teams from the Pacific Northwest, the Mountain Zone, the Southwest Zone, the Southeast Zone and Hawaii. Wow. They're traveling. So and that's going to include some all star kids playing with the playing with the youth teams. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great event. And it's going to be at the Northside Swim Center. Yeah. In San Antonio. And um, for those that have been to the Welcome to Texas Shootout a couple years ago, it's it, we're, we're going to have that huge stadium pool. The indoor pool is now open, so we're going to have like four or five courses going at one time. That's awesome. That's really good. Um, I, I This is a subject I think we should go into more detail when we can, but there's just a couple things to note, which is um, if you're part of this program, if you've uh, already competed, or, or rather if you've already participated at one of the clinics, we are going to this West Region Championships. The rosters are going to be pretty big. Um, for example, on the boys' side, we're, uh, we're definitely bringing two rosters per age group. Um, so all I'm going to say is put that on your calendar, like market, you know, market, like I'm home. We want all of you to go. That's that are selected to the team. So just to go look on the odpswz.wordpress.com website and you'll see the calendar on there uh, for when West region championships are, but exciting stuff, actually really good. Okay. Uh, Masters nationals, another USA water polo thing that's coming to Texas. Yeah, it hasn't been officially announced yet, but yes, we are, we are working with uh, Pegasus to host Masters Nationals the last weekend of August. I think it's the 27th, 28th, 29th in North Texas, specifically Dallas, Texas. Um, try to try to have it in that kind of the SMU and Highland Park kind of area. There's the new pull up in Garland as well. Um, and we're looking forward to working with Pegasus kind of up there. This is going to be, this is an event that got kind of displaced uh, last year and they lost their host kind of this year. So we're stepping in and we hope to have a, uh, like a good job. And I think a lot of masters teams are going to want to come because they really haven't had an opportunity to play right. a lot. nationwide. That's exactly so, right. And plus Dallas is a pretty fun little town. So. You think so? How do you know? It can be. I lived there for a while. Okay. So. No, I, I'll give, I go visit. That's it. Yeah. I like Dallas. Um, that's really good news. Very, very good news. I More mean, information on that's coming out I'm probably sure. in the next couple of weeks. I'm so. sure. But don't, I, I, as, uh, you know, you're more Texan than I am as far as, uh, you're, the time you, you've been here, which is basically always, I just, I'm loving all this stuff coming to Texas. I won't deny it. I mean, hell we we're doing the TX water polo podcast. So I'm, I'm stoked that ODP's coming masters national. It's, it's very good news. I'm a provincialist. Um, speaking of, 
<laughs> of uh, programs in the state of Texas. Uh, just briefly, we talked about this last week. Austin College is heading off to Pennsylvania this weekend, the women, to go play Grove City, Penn State Barron, and Wittenberg. Um, as I go back and listen to that interview that I had with Lexi Wong and uh, Sophie Oliver, because I put them on the spot. I was like, and uh, they, they've clearly had at least a brush with media training because they didn't bite and because I told them that they could go undefeated. And they said, well, sure, you know, it's something that we think about maybe every once in a while, but hey, it's just one game at a time. And I'm like, okay, well done. That's exactly what we're looking for. But three winnable games as far as I'm concerned, and it looks like all three of them will be streamed as well. And where are the games at? These are at. Oh, this is exciting. They're, well, they're in Erie, but I don't know which pool. Uh, because oh. la the last tournament they were at was at Erie as well, and that was at, uh, oh gosh darn it, it was a Penn State brand, wasn't it? Okay, well good. I mean, it sounds like they're going to have a three and zero weekend, and you can probably go uh, kind of click on the stream link um, on the on the Austin College Ruse website. Okay, I hope that they play all deep, but who knows? Um, off to we're, we're going to just do one segment before we go to a, a, a conversation that Joe is going to have, um, and we can talk about that right now because the this is news that um, you know much better than I do. Like, I mean, not even close. Like, I don't know much about this. So there's an organization which determines what the all Amer high school all Americans are, and there's a change in leadership, from my understanding. There's a change of leadership for the Texas area zone. Right. It's not a Texas zone. Texas is part of a larger group of states and such. But Chris Cohen, congratulations to Chris Cohen. He's been uh, kind of appointed to like the NISCA region chair, and he'll be going to that convention kind of each year, and he'll be the one that's going to be responsible for getting the coaches together and selecting the All-Americans kind of moving forward. Nice. Including, including this spring. Hopefully via Zoom. That would be the way I would do it. I'm going to tell him that. Yeah. And NISCA is the national interest, probably interscholastic coaches association. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Good. All right. And so, I mean, you better delete that part. Sorry. What part? Whenever I started saying NISCA is. No worries. Three, two, one. Yeah, good for him. And uh, well, Joe, how does this matter? Like, I mean, you, you were the one who um, brought it up to me last week that this is a big deal. And so I'm clueless. Like, wh what's why does it matter? Well, it was Tom Langraf that used to be the, the person I believe Tom Langraf moved up to, to Indiana. And then they had to select somebody else. And I think some people put in a good uh, kind of a good word mm. for Chris with the like at the NISCA convention this past uh, spring. And he was selected. So yeah, good for Chris. Good for Chris. Chris Excellent. is Chris is going to, Chris is going to do a very good job. It's going to be fair. It's going to be, and it's going to be, um, it's, it, it's going to, it's going to be a good cross section of who is truly deserving from our area. I so. love that. Obviously I'm rooting for West region players, but, uh, that's, uh, my own prejudice. So yeah, that's good. Very, very good. Okay. Um, high school, we have, uh, our rankings for the week. You and I talked yeah. about them off the air, but uh, not a whole lot of changes, to be honest. Actually, what I find the, the, the most interesting is that last week, uh, St. Agnes was ranked one and Flower Mound two, but now they are tied at first. Uh, St. Agnes and Flower Mound on top, Foster, Memorial, and Guy are three, four, and five. Those do not change, I believe, at all from last week. 
Again, receiving votes were uh, Carroll and Sterling, but St. Agnes and Flower Mound on top. That's got to be a matchup at some point. We've got to get those two together. Um, and then on the boys' side, shockingly, St. Mark's of Texas. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're ranked first, um, followed by Flower Mound Memorial, Dawson, and Jesuit. Um, Dawson and Jesuit, it looks like they swapped spots from a week ago. And then those who are also receiving votes, Foster, Guyer, Carroll, Jersey Village, Brazoswood, Stratford, Cypress Creek. So that, that very, very similar to last week. Uh, but so all, as always, thank you to the coaches who voted. And actually, there are quite a few this week. So the, those... Uh, if you think that the similarities are because it's all the same from last week, that's not true. There's just more coaches participating, which is very helpful. Yes. And, uh, yeah, just congrats to all the teams that are kind of doing well so far this year. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun little season here to see who wins at these separate state championships here in May. Okay. So given those rankings, then I got, I, I got a little, uh, blurt, you know, a little text yesterday about scores from, uh, Houston Strake beat Memorial by one, five to four. So Strake currently ranked fifth in our rankings, Memorial third and Dawson fourth. Dawson's undefeated from my understanding. So that might change next week. And then this is a pretty big one. Memorial girls beat St. Agnes nine to five. So Memorial is ranked fourth and St. Agnes, obviously we just talked about as a rank uh, tied for first. So again, next week, these things could be changing. Rankings are always going to be fluid. Plus you're dealing with high school kids. That's right. <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get each week. It just seemed, I, you know, I don't, I can't claim to know enough about all these teams, maybe a bit about St. Mark's. I, I know most of the kids on that team. Um, but you know, St. Agnes losing by four was a little bit surprising. I have to say. So again, I don't know these teams that well uh, or well enough to uh, judge beforehand, but yeah, that, that was a bit of a surprising result for me. Okay. Uh, players of the week. You ready? Go ahead and make the announcements. <laughs> I will do that. Uh, player of the week. Uh, actually, so newcomer of the week is Patrick Martin of Brazoswood, goalkeeper, uh, 10th grader. Had 12 blocks and one, uh, he, he uh, housed, as we used to say, a, a penalty shot uh, in order to, and so they beat Clear Springs. Uh, so that was a good weekend for him. So he is our newcomer of the week. Girls player of the week side, it's Kaylee Goodwin from Hebron. Or he say it, say it for me again. How do you say it? Hebron High School. Hebron High School. I'm pronouncing it like the Middle East. Uh, Hebron High School. Um, she had 15 goals, five steals, four assists, five exclusions earned, and they went two and zero over the weekend, uh, beating Lake Highlands and MacArthur. Um, she's uh, she's already scored 40 goals for he for Hebron this this uh, year. So she's third in the entire North Texas region. Region. Good for her. She's a 12th grader. And then the boys' player of the week is Leighton Craft from Dawson. And again, uh, yeah, they're 8 0. They're 8 0, and uh, he can play just about every position. And he went, he scored 17 goals, uh, had 12 assists, 17 steals, and two field blocks uh, over the course of the, the season. And, uh, and, uh, and a quick little shout out to all the coaches there, too. I mean, Robert Brown down with the Brazos, uh, you know, Wood High School group. They, he's always done a tremendous job, tremendous job down there. They always have competitive kids. Um, you know, Daniel Cox is new there at Dawson, and um, they're and they're just going to keep getting better and better. And Donzi Lilly, who only started his high school uh, water polo program, what, two years ago? They I think they played one game last year. So congrats. I mean, they're, yeah, they're all builders. They're all, and they're all great coaches. So 
And then just to round out our high school coverage, so to speak, is uh, we gotta go. We gotta get personal. Like you're coaching now. You're coaching in the mornings for the Northeast ISD at San Antonio. Is that right? Yeah, I am very excited. Uh, the Northeast ISD school district in yeah in San Antonio has never played high school water polo, and they're doing a one month little kind of an introduction kind of the sport for all their athletes and coaches. So I'm out there each morning at six thirty. And the kids are coming. They're playing. It's a lot of here's the water polo ball um, and a lot of very, very basics. And, you know, we're teaching the rules a couple here, but we are in the middle of our first week. The coaches are great. We probably had about 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 50 to 60 athletes that have come out so far. Um, And it's and it's just great that they're playing. They're just gearing up for fall of 22. So how does it work? How does it work so that is it that a coach brings all of his or her kids at once or is it just anybody who is in the district can show up on any particular day so there's seven high schools so three or four high schools are coming on monday wednesday the mm-hmm. other three or four high schools are coming on tuesday thursday then everybody's coming on friday for like a scrimmage day oh got it that's actually really cool yeah are and they, then yeah. so yeah it's nice to, i mean the kids are great they don't they don't know anything <laughs> so it's like it's like a blank slate so there you go I was talking, I had two new kids who, three new kids who tried out for my club last week and, and, uh, and they were like, well, we don't know anything. I was like, yeah, you look over there at, at these old 18 year olds. They don't know anything either. So this is not a critique. Like nobody, you're always learning always. So for those of you who are new to the sport, you just got to dive in and go. So you'll be fine. All right. That's it for this segment. We'll come back with Joe's conversation with new Niska Texas region chair, Chris Cullen. Did I have that right? Did I get that correct? Um, I think it's just the NISCA region chair. NISCA region chair right after this. Right about now, you might be expecting some song and dance about a product you don't need. Well, shush, we don't advertise here, and we want to keep it that way. So we sure would appreciate your help. Show your support by going to TXWaterPolo.com forward slash donate so we can keep covering the sport we love in the great state of Texas. Hey, this is Jesse Smith, recent Pan Am gold medalist. I was just checking out Texas Water Polo from the TX Water Polo podcast. Also, you can check out the website. You can follow me at GoSmith now. Thanks, guys. Uh, today we have Chris Cohen with uh, Denton Geyer Thunder, um, ODP girls, lots and lots of hats. Chris, um, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here and glad to talk water, water polo with, with Texas and Joe and uh, you and uh, James and everybody. So I'm glad to be here. All right. So the main reason we have you here is, yes, we just said that you wear a lot of new hats and you have one major new hat right now. Congrats on being named like the Nisca region chair for our area. Uh, thank you. I, I, I was um, pleasantly surprised when I was asked and that if I would uh, volunteer my time to be a part of that process. And so I, I was excited to, uh, you know, contribute any way I can for the overall sport of water polo in Texas. So, all right. All right. So, all right. What is NISCA and what is your actual official title? 
Uh, NISCA is the National Interscholastic Swim Coaches Association. So think of it as, you know, we have the TISCA, Texas Interscholastic. This is for the, the, the entire nation. And so my title would be the NISCA All-American Chair for Zone 6. No, excuse me, Zone 4. Zone 4. And there, and are, is- six, there are six zones for water polo. And they have, uh, you know, it's broken up to different parts of the country. And so, um, like zone one is mainly the Northeast zone two is, uh, the Southeast, like Florida, Alabama, Georgia, et cetera. Zone three is, um, the Midwest, Illinois and, uh, you know, Michigan, et cetera. Zone four is Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, Wyoming, and Arizona. Zone five is California and zone six is basically the West coast, you know, besides California. So, okay. So now as you step into this new role kind of kind of what are your goals for this i mean just i mean you've been part of the all-american process before now you are going to be overseeing it for this group so kind of what are your goals kind of moving forward uh yeah i i've been through the process as a a coach submitting um my athletes names for consideration so every year there there's a deadline so the um Usually uh, right after the season's over, you have two weeks as coaches to prepare your All-American applications. And so the coaches go online. This year, it's all online. I think the last couple of years, it's all 100% online. Uh, The coaches that are, um, you don't have to be a NISCA member to submit your athletes for consideration, but everybody needs to fill out an application. And then they either pay a fee or if you're, it's free for the current NISCA members. And then the, uh, the zone chair with, um, input from uh, coaches in this area will select uh, an All-American to represent uh, Zone Four. So, right, so now, I mean, I know over the last, you know, like the last 10, 20 years, there's been various ways to go about doing this. Like, tell us about the process that you expect to have, and how many kids get selected for both boys and girls. Sure. Um, what it is is like for the longest time. Um, our zone had 21 selections. So they have first through sixth team, first one, first, first team, second team, all the way down to sixth and an honorable mention. So that's seven teams. And we were going to getting used to get set, uh, sorry, excuse me, three uh, athletes per team. So 21 total athletes. And so that's so, 21 boys and 21 girls, correct? Correct. And then what happened was NISCA, because it's a swimming organization, was limiting their All-Americans in swimming to the top 100 times in each event. So in the 50 free, you had to be the top fastest 100 times to be eligible for All-American in swimming. So they said, well, what's good for swimming is 100. And then that means water polo needs 100. So in the past, there were more than 100 All-American selections. And so... I'm not sure the exact year, exact year, but three or four years ago, at least maybe even longer, maybe five or six, it was pared down to just, um, they had 100 all Americans divided up by different zones. Our zone currently has seven selections. So one per team plus one honorable mention with most of the other, um, the other zones getting between seven and eight and then California getting 56. Uh, and, Let's see, zone six getting 14. That's the West Coast with, you know, Utah and Washington, et cetera. So uh, I think personally, as Texas continues to grow and our uh, participation and with the UIL sanction coming up, you know, and our numbers are going to increase. I'm, you know, part of my 
um, my goal is to go increase our representation in Texas because, I mean, I, I'll start doing some data analysis and start looking, okay, what is the total number of schools participating in these other zones compared to what are, you know, currently what, 150 teams, boys, 150 girls. And, uh, you know, for example, that's twice what Florida is, is already, uh, that's the twice number of schools before sanctioning that Florida even has. And so, you know, I, I think our, I will push for increased representation for us, but uh, the way it's gone in the past is, you know, the, fee the, the coaches give feedbacks to the zone chairs and, you know, we, we, we did an in-person meeting, you know, two weeks after the season ended and uh, kind of the previous chair would take feedback from all the coaches and then they'd make the selections and then it would be posted in, you know, uh, mid June or so is when it comes out on uh, the NISCA website. So, I will be doing year. something similar, uh, you know, I will, but we'll do, you know, with Zoom, especially now that we all familiar with how to do a Zoom meeting and how to, uh, you know, present information. So in a different virtual way. So I hope to open that up, you know, to all the coaches who would like to, you know, speak up for their athlete and have a little platform to make a pitch for their potential All-American since it's so challenging with only seven. I mean, I would argue we have enough athletes for 20 four, 25, 26, you know, all Americans, but you know, it is what it is right now at seven. And so we're going to have to pare it down to be, uh, you know, the best seven to represent our zone. Yeah. So, and, um, this is for, for those that are just listening, this is for high school kind of all American and, correct. um, and this, and you're in charge of the situation for this school year, correct? Correct. I will be, uh, overseeing the all American selections for this school year. Well, good. Well, good. Well, again, congratulations on kind of being named to the region chair position kind of for that. We, um, I, I am very excited to see what you're going to bring to the process. Now, a couple quick hit things, all right? You are in the middle of your own high school season right now. How, like, how are your boys and girls teams doing? Kind of what are the expectations for the season? Um, I, I think everything's going well. We're, you know, we're, uh, growing, you know, it was, we're a step back in the, uh, the boys and you know we're doing a our girls are strong but we've had you know a couple of solid with a goalie and a solid field player that you know uh on the girls side it, graduating i had have to replace a goalie and uh some younger field players that were maybe freshmen last year and played very little in the in the eight games we played last year you know they're you know you know there's basically a lot of quote freshmen because it's their first year and without club you know you know for newer kids unavailable last summer, we're, we're teaching them a lot of water polo. So in a short amount of time, so it's, you know, we're, we weren't happy with where we started in March, but it's a long, you know, it's, it's how you finish. So we want to be our best in at the regionals and qu hopefully qualify for state and try to go make a little noise. There's on the boys side, I lost a ton of seniors. So I would, but I still have some solid seniors for this year who are, you know, playing, plan on playing some uh, collegiate water polo and, you know, they're, they're stepping up and, but, you know, last year with no freshmen or no sophomores, even on my varsity team at all, because I was so stacked that they got very little coaching and game experience last year because they, you know, the season ended and they'd played probably two or three JV games and they didn't get the practice that they needed to. And so, because it was, you know, we only had it was up to spring break. And so they, 
they have a lot of learning to do. So we have a lot of young kids, but we're, we're teaching them and we're moving along quickly. So good. Yeah, we're good. Uh, was it, um, again, you wear lots of hats. So you just got done with the Thunder Spring invite. You, st- yeah, you still have the age group kids playing right now. Um, kind of, kind of how is club coming? Oh, Thunder Spring invite went really well. I was, I was happy with the, the tournament. Uh, I think La Miranda was supposed to come, but the, you know, some things came up and, you know, the rules are changing so fast in their area. And one day they were allowed to come uh, the next day. It was, they were going to get fined for coming, but we did end up having uh, Diablo from Northern California, the East Bay coming up, come up and uh, they brought a girls team. And so we actually had a girls division, which is first time in a while. I think we've had a girls only division for eighth grade and under in a regular you know, tournament. So we were excited about that. And it was great. The girls got to play together and overall, you know, with 18 teams and, you know, even with the restrictions, the limiting the game times, et cetera, we were able to get a good number of games in and good competition. So I was very happy with the overall, how the tournament went and my, my personal in terms of thunders, sixth grade and eighth grade group, or, I mean, huge groups at practice. Uh, we're want right, right now. We still only have one of our three, facilities open so we're jamming them all into one pool and they get you know three hours a week of practice time so we're trying to squeeze in anything we can uh, for middle schoolers maybe an extra practice here or there on a Sunday maybe go scrimmage another club when that's available so we're trying to get prepared for tags and we're uh, we're looking forward to that uh, end of the middle school season coming up in the next few weeks so I've been asking this to all coaches Thoughts on the new rules and kind of how did you t- teach the new rules to your like new high school athletes that may not, that, yeah, that may have never played? Um, I, I really like them. I think they're, um, it's very definitive. You, you put the ball in play and putting the ball in play means passing the ball right away or tossing it to yourself. You know, that to me, that's part of the problems. They, a lot of kids that don't understand it's a either, or, you know, it, all you have to do is put it in play and popping. It is not the only way passing it directly is a, so you don't have to pop it and then set the ball. You don't have to pop it and then pass it to your teammate. You can pass it to your teammate right away. And so some of those things, um, you know, I love the foul, um, outside of six, and then you can move in and score, especially things like, you know, my offensive player or sorry, defensive player steals the ball gets fouled two strokes after they they're on the counterattack and it's one on nobody before you had to stop and it killed the offense. Now you can, that person got kicked out, boom, move down, shoot and score, you know? So it gives the, it just makes more sense to, you know, the fans, to the, the parents, the kids, you know, it's like, why would I get punished because the other team got kicked? Why can't I not shoot when they stopped me from shooting? So, you know, it just, some of the things make logical sense. So the way I've been teaching it is, you know, like we do something almost every day. We get live, move in and shoot, you know, like instead of, so they, they get used to moving in, they get used to popping the ball. And so I, you know, every scrimmage, I, I'm very aware of the rules and we're trying to call it, even if it's half court controlled scrimmaging, we're, we're calling, calling them correctly, even when it's uh, direct shots at two meters on a, on a scrimmage, or they can move inside of two meters or uh, move in and shoot those kind of things. So, uh, I'm not, I haven't done a lot of six on seven on six, but that for club, but we're teaching them how to play right now <laughs> or, yeah. cl- or middle or high school either. So we're, we're focused on, you know, just 
protecting the ball, getting back on defense, all the simple things. So, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the way that you went high school in, uh, in club water pole games in Texas, protect the yeah. ball, get back on defense. Now, yeah. um, all right. During the whole kind of shutdown of 2020, I know that you went out there and did a lot of professional development. Did you take anything f- from that time and are using kind of st- like, like kind of, kind of new stuff this high school season? Oh yeah, I definitely did. I was, you know, when you're stuck at home and you love water polo, the only thing you can do, you know, and when we started having these opportunities about a year ago, you know, like people were starting to put things together and it was very informal to start with. And it, you know, with, uh, Jack Coker out at pride water polo and Oaks Christian in California and Brian Flax from, uh, LA premier and Harvard Westlake and started putting things together for his kids. And he was opening up to coaches and, you know, I, I, I would sit there and take notes and, you know, take mental notes and how can I use this? How can I use that? And so I, I did a lot of sitting. I mean, it was my only way of having not going insane, being stuck at home. I left my family, but I also, you know, I was missing a huge part of that and that was water polo. And so it was able to keep me, you know, I started watching more game film. I have a huge library now of YouTube clips. If, you know, I need to pull up the kids on a, the, a 21 drive two is driving down to one and X one comes over and helps. I can send it to them virtually now, you know, like on the, our little apps and those things, Hey, watch this clip. This is what we're working on tomorrow. Uh, I think the way you know, like Jack, Coker like talks about and clarifies his, you know, set pieces, his, you know, just all these things I was doing, but to me, it just put it all like more concise and more structured. And so now I I, I call it timeout. I can walk over to the, you know, at the timeout and say, all right, kids, we're doing a 43 pick with two, you know, and a two drive or whatever it is. They, they know, they know the numbers, they know, like, it's very clear. It's very concise and it's like, all right, let's go. And so, or, or it's just even in practice, I can just say, or we're working on a one to five clear out to ISO or then they go, they can go and do it. So I, I really appreciate the, the knowledge they shared and the, you know, it allowed me to analyze video and I could share that with the kids so much more than I, I did in the past. So well, good. Well, um, I mean, that I mean, that's kind of what coaching is really about. It's just getting better each each and every year. So um, kind of good luck the rest of your high school season. Um, kind of good luck at tags. And I think I need to go let my dog out. So <laughs> that's my favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> when James goes, oh, your dogs want to go outside. <laughs> there you go. That was Joe's conversation with Geyer Thunder, ODP, Niska head coach. Uh, Chris Collin. I mean, what what hat does he not wear uh, about his new gig? So congratulations to him. That was interesting. But uh, aside from that, I think we're done. What else is there going on, Joe? No, just good luck to all the high school teams that are going to be gearing up here for there's going to be competitions for, for yeah from now till region champs and then the state champs. So there's a lot of water polo coming. There's a lot. Yeah. And good luck to Austin College this weekend. Um, uh, but that's it. Thank you for listening, for telling a friend about TX Water Polo Podcast. If you want to support the work we do, then go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. And uh, that's act, that's actually quite helpful in both uh, TX Water Polo and Total Water Polo because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be heading up to Indianapolis to cover some, uh, some games at Bloomington next week, which is really fun. Um, so thank you very much for that. We'd very much appreciate it. But until next week, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.